Yo, what's up? Welcome to Ngahere Talks. This is season two, made of Monaco. In this season, we explore some of South Auckland's emerging brands and the entrepreneurs behind them. We also take a look at e-commerce and how this trillion dollar industry might just be the way forward for our people. Hope you enjoy these stories and if you're keen, hit us up, ngaherecommunities.nz. Kia ora everybody, if you could see us right now, you'd see Kiani busting out the yummy dance right here. But welcome to episode number seven of Made of Monaco and I've got an awesome guest with me today. Kia ora, Kiani. Kia ora. How are you? Great. <laughs> <laughs> Tired, don't know what day it is. Yeah. Had a crap morning. But awesome, uh, so good. Thank you for being thank here you. today. Kiani is, um, many of you will know her, but is the founder uh, and creative genius behind Nuku Woman, amongst um, a bunch of other stuff that she does. But today we're going to focus on her brand, Nuku, and what she's been doing. Um, so why don't you just introduce yourself, Kiani, and, uh, and Nuku, what it's about, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, uh, so my full name is Kiani Matatasipu. And I was born and raised in Ihumata, that is my papa kainga. I have uh, Te Waiohua ki Tiahiwaru and Tiakitai Whakapapa, um, as well as Ngapuhi and Tiarua Whakapapa. And I also have Cook Island Whakapapa, so it's very nice mix and blend of things. Yep. Um, born and raised in South Auckland and Southside Hard. Married a Westie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, tongue and Westie yeah. at that, eh? Yeah, yeah. Lucky he's amazing. Love you, babe. <laughs> um, so I started Nuku, I actually started Nuku just probably about a year and a half ago, but it launched in January of 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a social impact, creative storytelling project Um which is a movement to amplify the voices of Kikas Indigenous Wahine. The, the co-papa around that is by amplifying these voices, by telling these stories, by sharing this collective wisdom, by inspiring and entertaining and motivating and just getting really real, um, we can help create more change makers and more leaders and inspire that for our younger generations of Indigenous Wahine. So um, very, very passionate about Wahine, extremely passionate about indigenous wahine and about elevating us in this world mm. because I'm sick of being at the bottom of the privilege scale yeah. and I'm sick of um, you know, us as indigenous wahine suffering through the effects of the patriarchy and colonisation and all the other yeah, stuff yeah. that comes with it. So where did all of that come from? Like you have this real strong mission behind what you do. <coughs> what do you reckon? Um, it came, it's, oh, it's a long story, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a storyteller, so uh, it came from a, a couple of different things in my life. Um, the storytelling side of it, I've been a journalist for 14 years now um, and had worked in magazines and had worked for Māori and Pacific Media and had a vast experience in being in an industry in Aotearoa that um, didn't amplify our voices mm. you know you'd talk about Waitangi Day and you'd interview the Don Brashes of the world <laughs> instead of yeah, yeah. you know a Māori wahine who actually would have something better to say yeah. about the impact of Waitangi Day or what that means um, and so I had come from a background of storytelling come from a background of um, working in print media uh, background of being a photographer and wanted to create 
a platform that combined all of those skills mm. but on a co-papa that I wanted. Um, at the same time, I was going through a really difficult part in my life where my husband and I had been trying to have a baby and we had been together um, almost 14 years by then mm. and were struggling with infertility and then my nan died mm. and it was, um, she died really suddenly and it was just this, um, oh, really horrendous time in my life emotionally and spiritually because I didn't have this source of wisdom, of wahine wisdom mm. that I had grown up with and I didn't have that next generation after me and I was and even though yeah. my mama was there, my mama's amazing, yeah. um, there was this big gap and this big hole. Mm. And my nan was really excited about uh, every dream I had, <laughs> every goal I had, my nan just got excited. Yeah, yeah. And before she passed away, I talked to her about starting a magazine. I was like, I think I want to start a magazine. And I just threw all these ideas around. Um, but when she passed away, I just couldn't bring myself to do any of that stuff. Yeah. And... Um, so it kind of sat on the shelf for a little bit. As I said, sorry, it's a long story. Um, it's a great on, story, though. Sat on the shelf for a little bit, and I just sort of chucked on with life and day-to-day life and um, continued to run my, my media and comms business. Um, and then miraculously fell pregnant. Yeah. And fell pregnant with a baby girl. Mm. And I suddenly felt this sense of responsibility that I'm bringing another wahine into this world, an indigenous wahine of very proud and staunch Tongan and Māori heritage. Mm. And what was this world like? What was this world going to be like for her? Mm. Um, what did I want to teach her? What did I want her to know about herself? What um, stereotypes did I want her to not believe? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, all of this other stuff that you grow up around in the media that you consume shapes the way you think and shapes the way you feel and I was very conscious that um, I wanted my daughter to be a very proud very staunch very powerful Mm. indigenous woman and so as I was growing her (laughs) I was growing Nuku Mm. at the same time and um, it was almost it was it was very organic but it was almost it was meant to be you know as as it all works out, yeah. Eh? It all just it all just big, big part worked of it. out, and so I had this baby, um, and everybody's like, you know, take time off, and because I'm the kind of person who doesn't rest, <laughs> which is not a good thing. Um, but they're like, you know, take the time off that you need. But while I was home with this newborn, I was just planning, and this is what it's going to be, and it's going to be 100 wahine. And they're going to be kick-ass, and they're going to be doing things differently, and it's going to be a podcast. And a, um, so every profile is a podcast interview, a creative portrait shoot, behind-the-scenes videography, um, and at the culmination of 100, I'm making a book, and I'm exhibiting the entire series. Can't and wait for that. Yeah, we had our first live event last year. Mm. Um, we're having our second. We packed out the Mangere Arts Centre. <laughs> well, that was the launch. Yeah. So we had more than 300 people come yeah, to the launch. Yeah, that was so good. Which was, for me, I expected like 50 of my whānau to show up. It was to be there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe we'll get 50. <laughs> um, and we, we, we were talking about, at the launch event, we were talking about how to cover the seats so it didn't look like it was empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was people no standing in the aisles. Yeah. 
Um, oh, so your live event was the one at the Marae, right? The live event was the one at the Marae yeah. on the week of the Ihumato, um eviction. That's right, that's right. <laughs> uh, and you the, still ran at it. At the end of Amazing. that week, we still ran it. And the reason why I decided to still run it was because we really needed that wahine energy in that space. Yeah. Um, nice. And it was amazing. The wahine who came, we had 150 women come mm. to that event. Um, and that was phenomenal. And we've just um, we've just received some great news that we're getting funded to put on the second event this year, which I can I can give you the exclusive on the dates yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> when? 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 So when? the 25th and the 26th of July. Yeah. Uh, we'll be holding Nuku Live 2.0, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a weekend wānanga for wahine. Um, program yet to be yeah yeah <laughs> created. details but keep the dates free because everyone who came last year said how much they loved it yeah. i thoroughly enjoyed same place at the watching Marae? people of course of course eh? <laughs> of course what you is know, it 26th 27th 25th 26th 25th 26th july In july yeah but yeah i you know my diaries. My marae is where I welcome everybody in, and you get to know me through my whanau. And, mm. and so grab a tea towel, cousin. That's the way. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit more about Ihumata a bit later on, but let's just, I think, I'm real keen to hear. So you had this dream, you had a vision, you knew what you wanted to do. So where the heck do you start? Um, <laughs> well, it, it, I started by telling people about mm. it, and that's probably nice. the scariest thing yeah. is saying your plans out Speaking loud, out, eh? yeah. and then having people give you their opinion. <laughs> Even just their body language, eh? Yeah, and so Emma Tavola from Vunilangivo um, Gallery in Otahu, she um, at the time was putting on an event for creatives in South Auckland, mm. and she asked me to go and speak at this event in a Pichacucha style presentation, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about Nuku to all of these people here, Good and choice. we're just going to see what the reception is like of you know, this idea. Um, and it was awesome because it challenged me to really hone the idea because I had to be able to speak about it in six minutes. Mm. I had to be able to convince people it was a good thing, but I also had to um, have my plan unlocked so I looked like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it got such a great reception, just the idea. Yeah. People were coming up to me afterwards saying, what's your website? I'm like, oh, it's not even made yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so that really gave me the confidence to keep going on that pathway. Yeah, choice. Um, I, because I have um, a business, uh, media and communications business, I wanted Nuku to be more of a social enterprise, to be really about the kaupapa, yeah. to not be about making profits, mm. um, and to really um, have integrity around who I interviewed and how. And so the first 10 wahine was the biggest thing for me because mm. that was going to set the tone for everything else. Yeah. And so I had some wahine that, wahine that I already knew and I wanted to profile. And I had others that... Um, I just had a really good kind of pitch email. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, said, yeah. Do you, you want to you know, just take and a leap of faith with me and, and see what this is Has everyone that like? you've asked said yes? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, every single person we've asked. That's we've had a couple cool. of people who have said, we like the idea, we're just really busy. Yeah. Um, but no one's ever said, nah, not interested. Yeah. So um, everyone... It's a good sign. Yeah, eh? everyone's been really awesome about it. And so, yeah, that was the first thing we did. Um, we had uh, a really great friend of mine, Taylor Almore, came to be my intern for the first 
10 and so she really wanted to practice her videography skills mm. and um, have a space to be able to explore what that might be like for her, yeah. which was awesome for me. And so yeah, um, she came on board and she was so good that I couldn't let her go <laughs> after <laughs> after our first 10. So yeah. she's still on, on board. And um, we just, yeah, we created um, a video. Uh, we recorded our first podcast. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I just yeah. YouTubed how to how make to a podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what apps same, do I need? <laughs> um, how do I edit? And I actually edited the first few and I realised that um, I wasn't good at it. It was taking me a long time and it was better for me to just pay someone else to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you're in the beginning stages of your business or in the beginning stages of any project, you try and do everything yourso- yourself. Mm. And actually that's not effective and it's not efficient yeah. and all it does is make you really tired yeah. um, and lose a little bit of passion and heart for what you're doing because mm. you're doing things you don't like and that you're not good at. Yeah, totally And so agree. by you know having skilled people take do different parts of what needed to be done really helped free up my load. Mm. It meant I was getting quality product um, and I, I kept that passion the mahi because I wasn't tired up late at night trying to edit not knowing which not buttons knowing what you're to push. Doing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes it <laughs> ten times longer. You're yeah. good too. You're good at asking people, involving people in what you do. So that's that's always a strength. How did you um what's your like funding model? How do you how do you fund this project? Oh don't take example from me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. I mean you've done it. So the first ten, how'd you do the first ten? So the first ten I um got some funding from Creative New Zealand. So it was a quick response grant from mm. Creative New Zealand. It was my first ever funding application and I was really scared. Mm. Um, but I rang the Creative New Zealand funding support team <laughs> and they're actually not scary they're actually and they're really you. helpful. <laughs> exactly. And they tell you how best to fill out your application yeah. and what information you need. And so um, filled that out and received that first lot of funding. Yeah, choice. I had some support from um, Stella Muller at Bright Sunday who mm. helped put the website together because that was really important. Mm. And so they um, they allowed, or she she actually allowed for some work pro bono um, mm. for her services and then some work I paid for. So that helped as yeah, well. Yeah, choice. Um, and then I uh, created a pitch document which talked about um, what Nuku is, from a very practical perspective, you know, it's a mm. podcast, it's this, this and this, what Nuku is, and then what the impact of Nuku is, and researched, you know, what happens when you empower women? Mm. How does that change a community? What happens when you have female, indigenous change makers, and what does that make, you know, what changes does that make for policy in your country? What changes yeah, yeah. does that make around um, social issues? And all of that information is out there. It's in TED Talks. It's in you know. It's in yeah, these yeah, um, world yeah, organisations yeah. that do this research. And so it was just a matter of bringing that together, and saying actually, yeah, if this co-papa of Nuku is how I intend it to be, mm. these will be the long-term impacts. Yeah. And so put it's together. It's almost like essentially, if, if Indigenous women are thriving, everything else thrives. Exactly. Eh? Everything. Exactly. All of these complex problems that we face as globally will yeah. be solved if just we invested in the health of indigenous women. And because indigenous wahine are the drivers of change. Mm. Because when you think about it, 
when the meanest backslap. (laughs) (laughs) But when we're thriving, our tamariki are thriving, our our whānau are thriving, and because we as Indigenous women are so connected to our our iwi, our marae, our churches, Mm. you know, all these other extracurricular (laughs) things that we do, when we thrive, all of those branches of us thrive, and when you get enough of those things happening, you create this amazing impact. And so created this pitch document mm. um, to send out and say, hey, look, this is how much it costs per profile for me to create. Yeah. Does anybody want to sponsor? Yeah. And so um, got some people sponsoring profile or just awesome. saying we'll sponsor our profile. Yeah. doesn't matter who it is. And then, of course, um, made some merch and got some quick sales on, on merch and things like that, which, yeah, choice. which was really good. Yeah, yeah, and you've got you've built up a really good following, eh? Like social media wise, and a lot of interest. Were yeah. you surprised by that? Are you happy with it? Um, Does it need to be more? Like, how are you feeling about that? It's uh, well, I had a bit of a break, mm. um, <laughs> had a bit of a forced break <laughs> for the last seven <laughs> months, <laughs> which doesn't help. Yeah, your social momentum, media. Right? Yeah, it doesn't help keep that momentum. And it doesn't help algorithms and yeah, you know, yeah. Facebook's like, oh, she's not here anymore. We're not <laughs> going to we're not going to show anybody her stuff. Um, but created an Instagram page, a Facebook page, and then, of course, we have a website, and then the podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those other places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's really important to have an online following. Um, but you don't just want to have numbers for the sake of having numbers. Like mm. You could have 10,000 people, but you still might only get 100 people actually listening to your podcast. Yeah, yeah, and what yeah. I want is quality. Yeah. I want more people actually engaging in the corridor, um, really learning or just being a part of the, the wisdom that comes out of it. Because one of the things today that I personally find is that we're so connected, but we are so disconnected. Mm. Like we're so connected through social media, but we're sharing bloody photos of our food. Mm. You know, where's the real corridor? And that's what Nuku's about. It's about sharing that real, raw, deep corridor. And I, I sometimes feel sorry for the wahine when they sit in front of me because they go, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to be fine, and I'm, got, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about this, and I'm not going to talk about that, and then they get on and start talking to me, and then it all comes out. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's awesome because yeah. that's how we, that's what we're missing. Yeah, and that's what that we, realness, eh? that's what we need, and that's what I always got from my nan. Yeah, that's what I always get from my nannies and my aunties, and you know, you, when you sit down and have, and have a kai. That's the corridor you have, and so that's what I wanted Nuku to be. And so that's why, while it's nice having high numbers, and we do have fairly good numbers, I think we've got about 10,000, 15,000 across all of our platforms mm. together, um, nice. including our e-newsletter. Um, it's not so much about how many, it's, it's the quality. Yeah. How many people are actually engaging? Yeah. How many people are listening? So off the back of that, feedback? what's the like, what's the end goal like what does it look like if what you plan to do if Nuku is fully realized well other than indigenous women around the world are thriving and <laughs> <laughs> other than changing the world but i mean maybe a little bit more in a practical sense like it's this creative project this creative storytelling project and these live events but what do you really hope to see yeah well what I had a, I actually had a really good conversation with a person who works in a philanthropic organisation mm. because I was talking about needing more money and needing, you know, 
$150,000. I need a lot of money to fulfill this dream. And to me, that's huge. And to a philanthropist, it's like, oh, that's not much. (laughs) And I think it's just that not really knowing or understanding. But when I was talking to him, and again, great advice from all these different people. He said, you know, don't focus so much on it being this creative platform. Focus more on it being a movement. Mm. Because it is. It's a movement. And it's people listening to these stories in their cars with their daughters. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's it's those sorts of things. And so when I think about it as a movement and I think about there is a growing movement around the world with an uprising of indigenous people and a um, reclaiming our our systems and our practices and preferencing indigenous knowledge over Western knowledge. Mm. There's already that happening and Nuku is part of that wider ecosystem mm. to really return us back to what is at our core um, and try and try and help us figure out who we are in this post-colonial space yeah. because indigenous you know we have a um, there's a very romanticized view about what indigenous people are you know we wear these elaborate costumes and <laughs> we have flowers in our hair <laughs> and we wear pew-pew. And yeah, there's yeah, this very yeah. romanticised bloody <laughs> image yeah. of what an Indigenous woman is. We're the dusky maiden, yeah. you know. But actually, Indigenous women today are so many different things mm. and so we should be. Yeah. And some of us speak Aru and some of us don't. And some of us are connected to our Murai Noa Whakapapa and some of us don't. And some of us live in our Pacific Islands and some of us don't. Mm. And some of us have these jobs and those jobs and all of that is okay. And it's about us being able to explore that for ourselves and learn that for ourselves mm. and not be boxed in by these stereotypes and, and really just start um, disrupting the system. Because I yeah. think that's my ultimate goal is to disrupt our current system in a way that our future generations don't have the same sorts of um, issues that mm. we have or that those before us um, had, which are even, you know, they disrupted and broke down certain elements of mm. the colonial system. Yeah. And we continue to disrupt so that my daughter, watch out for her, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> watch out for her. She's fire, that one. We'll, we'll be watching out. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a real quick break right now and then just come back and talk about um, maybe a few of the challenges and, and other things that have been going on. Looking for a cool space to work or a legit venue for your next event? Everything you need is here at Te Hao Monaco. Located in the heart of Monaco City, a hop, skip and a jump from the Monaco bus and train station. We've got super fast Wi-Fi, coffee machine, great people and an awesome vibe. Book online at www.teha.nz. Let's go to Te Hao Monaco. That was a great ad break. We even got food delivered. So we might do one of those, you know, on YouTube, where there's those sensory videos where it's just like... That's oh yuck. It's Keanu eating chips. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Fano. No, no, I like the one where they cut the soap. Yeah. <laughs> what does it sound like? I don't know, soap but it's cut. very pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> they just like cut the soap. Can you save that for home? <laughs> save that for Willie with your soap cutting pleasingness. You were meant to use that opportunity to eat your chips because oh, you're going to talk again soon. Okay, so success so far. How many you got up? Twenty? Are you in the twenties yet? So yesterday we released number twenty six. 
Woohoo. We have recorded 30 so far. Yeah. There's a few more coming. Um, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to get to 30 because, like, oh, when I got to 10, I was like, who the hell decided 100? <laughs> but now that I'm at 30, I'm like, cool. gonna, I reckon it's going to be 1,000. Well, you know, the initial goal is 100. Worldwide. So, yeah. I, I would love to see at the end of 100. Um, Really, Even if you just did really the see how we game. can keep going, because as needed, people around there. Anyway, so what do you reckon's been some of your biggest challenges so far? I'm trying to um, trying to build this movement. Funding is a huge challenge. Yeah, because I have to work in my business um, and work myself ragged <laughs> to then work double time mm. <laughs> in Nuku to be able to pay for myself. Yeah. And so funding, um, you know, I am only one person, and while I think I can do everything, <laughs> I, I can't. And um, I've found that that's quite difficult because I don't want to... I also am very careful around money and the nuku kaupapa because it's so important to me and because mm. it has integrity and because it is this, this, this kaupapa, yeah, I yeah. don't want money to dirty it. And so selling ads or selling something just makes me feel really uncomfortable. And mm. while those are ways that people make money off their podcasts, I just I c- can't bring myself to do that yet. Mm. Um, and so that has been a big challenge. Um, in saying that, though, I have been really lucky in what I have applied for, I've received. Mm. And I've got some really good advice to help try and get me through this next lot um, where I'm needing a, a bigger chunk to help um, to help get there. So you know, if anybody out there's got to spare 150k <laughs> lying around, I promise I'm going to make magic <laughs> with it. Um, so there's been that. Will you make a soap cutting podcast? I just, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I could. My daughter actually likes eating soap too, which is really <laughs> random. Um, the other challenge. I have the thing is I haven't had a challenge with finding amazing people to be mm. on my team. That's been that's just yeah, been so. Um, for me, I've just been so grateful to the wahine who have believed in the vision, and who on some weeks know that they're probably not going to get paid, mm. but are so there for the kaupapa. Yeah, um, and that is so heartening. And so that hasn't been a challenge, which has been great. But sometimes finding. skills specific skills um you know like a podcast editor Mm. and then my podcast editor says I can't do this anymore because I've now got a full-time job yeah and then going crap I now need to find someone else (laughs) (laughs) now need to find someone else and because um it's not a common job eh? oh yeah I'm a podcast editor yeah (laughs) and Nuku tries to live the kaupapa. So mm. we're led by, made by, made for mm. indigenous wahine. Yeah. And while there might be 50 men out there who might be able to do a job, I still really would love to find that yeah. wahine to do it. Yeah. And there have been times where I've just had to go, I really just need someone and mm. so get that person. Um, and that, that has been a challenge for me is trying to um, really live the kaupapa mm. But not necessarily having the context or the people to be able to fulfil the roles that I need them to fulfil. Yeah, and I find that a common challenge, like even with the mahi that we do here. Like you can have a great aspiration, you can have a great dream and a great vision for what um, our people can achieve, but 
sometimes there's this gap between that and the reality mm. and there's this process that has to go process of education of skill development of whatever it is experience mm. to actually be able to realize that and sometimes that's the hardest part eh? yeah yeah it's but it's awesome that you're staying to to do to those kind of goals for for Naku as well mm. so then you had a pretty big challenge in the middle of that you're talking about a big seven month uh, oh yeah standoff <laughs> how is that like so the whole um I mean, why don't you just describe as briefly as you can your involvement in the whole Ihumatao situation and how that's pla- played out, I mm. suppose, and, and what you're learning with Nuku. Yeah, so I am one of the co-founders slash co-leaders of the Pratiki Ihumatao Soul Campaign. Mm-hmm. It started at my kitchen table in my <laughs> whare after I invited my cousins over for <laughs> dinner because we were just um, very sick of uh, Ihumatao being desecrated for the greater good of Tāmaki Makaurau. And um, so we've been doing this mahi for the last five years, doing this mahi, continuing it on from our grandparents and our parents. Mm. Um, We're we're lucky that in today's world we have the power of social media to get that message pushed out. And so lots of people think we just came. Oh, you fellas just showed up and (laughs) you've just been here since July. And it's like, actually, no, we are continuing a legacy of people who have been trying to protect the humata for many, many years. Mm. And um, we uh, had been doing it, as I said, for five years. But on the 23rd of July last year, um, Fletcher's issued a eviction notice to remove the very peaceful kaitiaki who were planting and having a cup of tea that morning mm. um, from the Whenua Erihumata. They brought in almost 200 police officers. Um, wow. Which, while I don't compare this to the Christchurch massacre, was more police came to Ihumato <laughs> than responded to the Christchurch massacre. Yeah. Um, which again emphasises systemic racism in our mm. country. And um, they came to evict Alfano <laughs> of our Fenua mm. that's legally owned by a foreign owned company. Mm. And so um, the last seven months have been extremely intense. Um, the first month of the occupation was I, I don't think any of us slept yeah um we were looking after 10,000 people on mm. the whenua and that's a really big responsibility and when you guys did an amazing job and when you want to keep your kaupapa peaceful passive positive <laughs> yeah I think yeah. anyone who came to the whenua will have that drummed into their yeah. head 100%. Um, while running a media campaign so I I um do a lot of the strategy uh, for our kaupapa, do a lot of the media mm. um, coordinating and liaison work for our kaupapa. And uh, currently I'm one of the negotiators with uh, on our kaupapa. We all play, we all of us play significant parts. Mm. And you may only see some of us yeah, yeah. Um, because those of us just have a knack for talking. <laughs> <laughs> so get in front of a camera. Use your gifts. <laughs> um, but there are a number of people who are leaders in this kaupapa and who have had a significant role in mm. getting us to where we are today. And so um, it, it was quite intense. Um, at times it is still very intense. It's a very big sacrifice that you, that you make um, time with your whanau, mm. time with your children, um, be- it is a monumental moment in history, though, eh? It and that is. was one thing that, like, you could sense about it, being in that environment, being out there on the whenua, seeing what was going on, feeling the wairua and the tensions that mm. were just sitting there. Like, 
you just just knew that this this is a moment in history that will forever be recorded and etched in people's like journeys. Mm. And yeah. we, um, you know, people have said to us, and, and people have asked Pania a number of times, you know, you're going to run f- to be a politician, and and have said to us, you know, are you going to do this and are you going to do that? And we're just like, honestly, we. We just want to fight for our papa kainga. Like, we don't. We Are you going to go to clown school? We, like, we didn't have we didn't have intentions to create a monumental moment in history. Yeah. We didn't have intentions to mobilize Te Ao yeah, Māori. It wasn't we, planned like, like that. We didn't eh? have those intentions. Our our number one intention was to protect our whenua, mm. um, and that was it. And so, and in that it became monumental. Yeah, and in that yeah. we became worldwide headline news. We mm. were in newspapers in France and we were in Al Jazeera and we, like yeah. just it just became this thing that was so much bigger but again as part of this wider ecosystem of indigenous peoples around the world saying enough is enough mm. we've suffered from the effects of colonization for long enough we are sick of living where we're preferencing western values and western systems that yep. are ruining us yep. and are ruining our countries and are ruining our environment mm. um, and we want to go back to an indigenous whakaro, an indigenous uh, knowledge system uh, indigenous ways of being mm. um, because those are the things that support us as families, those yep. are the things that support us as wahine, those are the things that support our, our natural, our taiao mm. and um, so the it's, it's all it, it it is all the same thing. It's just different branches of yeah. the same thing. So how has that whole thing played out? Like, has it influenced what you're doing with Nuku or um, enhanced it in any way? Or yeah, well, <laughs> it it hindered it for seven months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was it was hard. Mm. Um, but it sh- it was <sighs> how do I say it? I think that the people that I met over that time, like just people who have zero connection to our whenua, mm. who came and stayed mm. and were part of it, and those women, what I, what I a- admire so much is the power of wahine mm. and women on the front lines and women, you know, standing in front of police officers and, and women having bringing their tamariki and staying on the whenua and women really driving these kinds of movements. Mm. And yes, our tāne still play a very important part and they are there. Um, but even my cousin Ngāti Tahinga continues to acknowledge that it is wahine who fight for whenua. Mm. And when you fight for whenua, you're fighting for the well-being of all of our future generations because without whenua, we don't live. Mm. And, and so that just really reinforced to me that we so need to be investing in our wahine because we are so powerful. Mm. And I am sick of these men. <laughs> like I am, <laughs> I am so sick of how Māori men have taken on this patriarchal, mm. you know, whakaro. And some of the comments by them over the last yeah. seven months, I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad I'm in this space of... Wahine. So Ihumato has just really, um, it didn't open my eyes to that, but it, it just kept reinforcing it on a day-to-day yeah, basis. And it was a, like a practical outworking of it, eh? Yeah. And I, as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, I remember the times I went out there, there was wahine running everything. Everything. Yeah. And um, 
I think the other thing is I've met some wahine who have become part of the Nuku team. So my mm. new production manager, um, I first met her on the whenua. I know mm. her her partner um, and have known him for a few years, but I met her on the whenua and she's now my production manager. She's phenomenal. Mm. Um, and she uh, runs in circles that are you know, connected to movements around the country and so that's opened doors for us to find um, wahine to profile and so Ihumato has also been just very practical for Nuku and helping us to find yeah, uh, A, women to be on our team and B, women to be part of the yeah. Nuku 100. Because you did one one or a few podcast recordings out I there. I did one podcast recording yeah. on the whenua and um, it was it was of a indigenous Indian woman That's right, yeah. who had come over and we were both part of an exhibition at St Paul Street Gallery mm. um, and so I interviewed her in the portacom <laughs> in the media portacom <laughs> on the whenua That's the one. Um, and she was really amazed the interesting thing when I interviewed her was that she grew up in a militarised community Wow, and she came to a protest <laughs> <laughs> slash occupation reclamation in Ihumato, and by that stage there was severe, you know, hugely reduced police numbers. Mm. Excuse me, and she um, was looking around like, um, like you guys are legally blocking this road, eh? <laughs> yeah, and she goes, ah, uh, so where's the police? <laughs> and we're like, oh, they're just over there in the house having a cup of tea, yeah. and and. Um, but it really opened my eyes to the realities of Indigenous women in other countries, and I didn't—I actually didn't know before I met her that there was a difference between women who are Indian and Indigenous women of India. Mm. And um, as an Indigenous woman of India, they don't even rank in the caste system. Yeah, and crazy, eh? they, you know, she walks it out. It is of literally her the lowest class in the and it being an Indigenous yeah. woman. And she, um, she walks out of her house, and there are there are you know armed. Soldiers, mm. just in her neighbourhood every day for zero reason, mm. and so we—I had to recognise my privilege yeah. during that interview, um, and really recognise how how far and how lucky we are um, as Maori and Aotearoa to be able to retain our traditions, our real, mm. because there were so many things that she had no idea about because they had been colonised so many times mm. that it, it's just gone. Yeah. Um, and so that you know that wouldn't have happened really without Ihumato happening either. Yeah, that's amazing, Kiani. Um, so if if there's some people out there that are listening and they want to embark on a creative project or a meaningful project or have a go at creating a movement around something they believe in, what would be your advice to them? Do it now. Mm. Um, don't wait. I think people get good get scared good or they. Um, they get whakama, but actually the longer you wait, the less the world has to to embrace that awesomeness mm. and to change. And so if you really, every single thing we do, be it very small or very big, we are changing and impacting the world. Mm. And if you're here floating, <laughs> it's kind of like Thinking a waste of time. Thinking about things but not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. it's like you're kind of wasting your time. Mm. So... Let's really utilise this time that we have um, and the spaces that we have and these ideas come to us for a reason. Yep. You're the person chosen to fulfil that idea. Mm. And so just do it. Don't wait. Don't wait for the money mm. um, because actually if you get the kaupapa going 
and you get enough people to believe in it, things will come. Yeah. They may not come fast. They still may be a struggle, but don't go, oh, when when I get this, <laughs> I'll do it. When I get the money, when yeah, I just yeah, start. Yeah. Choice. Um, YouTube's your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Ask lots of questions. YouTube University, eh? Ask people lots of questions and don't be fucking mad to just message someone on Facebook or Instagram or email or whatever and say, hey. I remember many of those messages, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> I remember sitting here talking about, how do you do podcasts? Neither of us really knew what we were talking about. I know, and I remember you going, there's this app that I'm trying out and it's on my phone. And I I'm use like, that mm, now. I use, I use that, it too. Yeah, I use, it's fantastic. And then they got bought by Spotify. Did you know that? Oh, no. That's why it integrates perfectly with Spotify. Oh, yeah. That's Anchor. Just yeah. so you guys know, we use Anchor to distribute our podcast. But thank you so much, Kiani, for um, joining me today. It was honestly okay. choice. I was actually inspired by everything that you were saying. So it's a choice to sit, take the time to sit and listen. I feel like I ramble journey. a lot. So sorry. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> it, was, it was quality ramble. Um, so just a quick shout, shout out. How do people find Naku Woman? So you go to nukuwoman, W-O-M-E-N.co.nz. You can also go at nukuwoman on Instagram, forward slash nukuwoman on Facebook. Um, you can listen to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's on like 10 platforms. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Podbean. Eh? I don't know what some <laughs> of them are, but you can listen to them on all of those places. Um, what I really love is for people to actually give feedback mm. and share to tell me whether or not you actually like the interview or what you yeah, got out of it. so or, helpful, eh? Yeah, all of that's really important. Um, you can also sign up to our newsletter on our website. So here's some feedback for you, Kiani. What I love, and me and Fia have been looking at some of the stuff you've been doing for Nuku for the way that we do our podcast. One of the things I love the most is how you have beautiful images of the woman and how you take the time to make them, like represent them in such a beautiful, honouring, like flattering way. Mm-hmm. I think that is... I mean, I love photography anyway, but I feel like like we've been using just like a snapshot of the person at the microphone yep. versus these beautiful images that you're creating of these portraits of these women. I was like, oh, that is so much cooler than what we're doing. It, it does take and a lot beautiful. of time. It does. Um, I, I and it does take a lot of know. effort. And also, I just just to put into perspective that I'm also thinking about creating images that are going to yeah. be exhibited and images that are going to be for a book. And so yeah. I do have to try and get all of that all at once but yeah and you're you. and you're capturing <laughs> it all at the same time which is pretty it's pretty huge so you're doing an amazing job yes. thanks for paving the way for us see you next time eh yes thanks for the chips how choice is that hope you enjoyed that story tune in next week for the next episode and you know what if you know someone that should be on the show drop us a line you can find us on youtube linkedin instagram facebook anywhere just hit us up look for Ngahere Communities and we'll be there catch you next week kia pai tora